Yo, what's up? Welcome to episode 11 of Throwback Hoops. My name is Rob Clayton, and joining me today, as always, is Woody V. Woody, how's it going, my man? Man, always love this time of week when I get to mix it up with you, Robbie. You know, it was an honor to spend some time with uh, a legend, Body Nodge, on the show a couple of weeks ago, and I was uh, a little starstruck then. And I got to say, uh, I'm a little starstruck now, homie. Little starstruck now. <laughs> That's right. Well, of course, we've got a very, very special guest on the show today, as you can see there. So, well, you can see this guy on ESPN, on NBL Overtime, as well as commentating the games. And he's also the host of the Huddle NBL podcast. I would like to give a very warm welcome to Liam Santa Maria. Thanks, mate. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Um, good to be on the show. Uh, I uh, I caught a little bit of the, the chat with with Body, as you say. What a legend. The doyon of uh of basketball journalism in this country Absolutely. and uh just honored to be following in his footsteps thanks mate and liam i promise we won't keep you on for like an hour and 40 minutes like we did with body <laughs> i think he was ready to talk all night on that podcast there so we promise we'll be, be a little bit quicker there so no it's great to have you mate so look i guess everyone just a bit of a reminder where to find us um you can check out the show each week on youtube um please like and subscribe and obviously the podcast is available on all the different podcast channels there. So please hit subscribe and sort of download those each week. All right, so let's kick it off. So um, now, Liam, you know that anyone that comes on the Throwback Hoop show needs to wear a jersey. So um, what have you got for us today? Well, I've kept it under wraps, the element of surprise for on air, which is uh, which is how I like, <laughs> I like to do it, how we like to do it on like NBL Overtime. Our pre-production meetings for NBL Overtime last for about five seconds because we say, save it for on air, and then we just, we just go. So... I've saved this bad boy for for go time. It's the uh, circa mid two thousands. Mike Bibby. Ooh, oh, nice. oh, nice. So a little bit, a little bit like what you're rocking there, Rob. Where uh, it's the wide shoulder era? Yeah, the jersey. Yeah, that's a Reebok one too, isn't it? That one I think you've got. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Love Mike Bibby. Big fan of Mike Bibby. 97 champs, the Arizona Wildcats. What a team that was. Miles Simon, Michael Dickerson. Jason of Terry. Course. Jason um, Terry. Jason Terry off the bench. And then yep. you got Bennett Davison, of course. Definitely. He came out here and was all over the rim for the Melbourne Tigers. And, um, and then, of course, Bibby for the Kings in the early 2000s, right? Western Conference Finals. Game five, game winner. The handoff from Chris Webber sticks the mid-range to beat the Lakers. They go yeah, down okay. in that series, but they were uh, they were a fun team to watch. And I actually have a p- bit of a personal Mike Bibby story because Ooh, after they won that us. 97 NCAA championship, that Arizona Wildcats team actually came out to Australia and played a bunch of games here, um, including the last ever game at the old Albert Park Stadium here in Melbourne, oh, wow. which um, is an obviously now an historic event. And it was against the Melbourne Tigers. Yep. And overtime, it might even have been a double overtime, just absolute classic. Drewy and Copes and Brakey wow. pulled down like 30, 100 million rebounds. And I had my family <laughs> and I sat right behind the Arizona bench. And at one point during the game, Lute Olsen just leaned back and put his hands across the back of his head and he put the 97 championship rim 
ring like right in front of my face. <laughs> and I was just I was just staring at this thing. I just watched them win the championship like a month or two earlier. And there's the championship ring right in front of my face. And I could just touch it. I didn't touch it. I left it on his ring and I watched <laughs> uh, I watched an epic game that I'll never forget. Damn. That's a great story. Mate, I know we didn't plan these jerseys today, but you wait till I show mine. Wait, it's actually a connection to Mike Bibby. Just there. wait. So you yeah. wait till you see just what that wait. is. Okay. 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 All right. No, I appreciate that, Liam. That's a nice looking jersey, that one. All right. What about yourself, Woods? What have you got this week? I know Liam's probably going to like this one, right? Hey, thanks, Robbie, man. With Santa coming on the show today, it was only fitting I'll wear this jersey. You know what I'm saying? So let me, let me, let me show you. Hey. Very nice. That's the bear. So, what are you standing up wearing? A, the bear, Tony that's Ronaldson, the bear. The old school jersey there. That's signed as well, right? That's a, that's a nice one there, Woods. Yeah, you know, man, it, 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 it had to be this one today, man. I was going through and I was like, yeah, that, that's the one. That's the one, you know. And, uh, you know, affectionately referred to as the bear. What a career he had. Spanned 20 years playing for five NBL teams. Robbie, I actually remember him for the first time in that 91 season playing for the East Side Spectres alongside... Bruce Bolden, uh, under your ex-coach, uh, Brian Gorgi and Liam, uh, when, when he had the long head of hair and he was drinking the Diet Coke on the, <laughs> on the sideline. And uh, I think it was, uh, what, uh, uh, I think Pert lost the first game. They came back and won the second and third, if I'm not mistaken, Robbie, mm-hmm. from, from, yeah, from memory. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, he, re- he represented the Boomers with distinction as well, as we all know. And uh, who could forget that four-point play against Croatia to give... <sighs> the boomers a chance at a bronze medal you oh, know man. against Amazing. lithuania b- back in 96 right and uh yep. at the olympics and liam you know you've been a teammate of tony and, and no doubt had a relationship with him over the years you know why don't you speak on a little bit uh, about him as a person what he was like as a human being and what was like being teammates with him yeah great dude legend of australian basketball as you say absolutely i mean he's the I'm pretty sure he's the game's record holder for, for NBL basketball um, over so, Andrew yep, Gaze and Leroy he Loggins. And yep. he's just, what a, just an unbelievable career championships. Um, got it done at a number of clubs. And from when, when I played with him in 2001, 02, um, he was just a great leader. Like we, we should have won the title that year. It still gets me a bit fired up that, that, that we didn't get it done. You. And, and a lot of that was based on the fact that, you know, we, that, that team was just stacked with great leadership. And Bear was obviously a massive yeah. element of that. And, of course, the trail three was his signature shot. Yep. But he was just an incredible Absolutely. screener because he had, he had just had a big, strong base, which is, I think, the best way to put it. Where yeah, he you're was, being very um, polite there. Yeah, we know what you're saying. <laughs> he was yeah. tough to get around. He was t- you couldn't move him, oh, and you and he was tough to get around. Um, so I ran into a bunch of Tony Rolson screens at practice. Don't worry about that. But then also in the block, he had that little righty hook. He would get deep position, yep. get push guys right under the basket if he could get a deep seal. He was just a um, just a great player in our league for such a long time. Uh, me being a Wildcats fan as well, I loved his sort of time after he sort of left, obviously, Victoria and sort of, you know, went over and played with the Wildcats there and continued that, that great career of his. So, uh, it's very good. I'm loving those two jerseys there, boys. So, all right, I'll just quickly sort of tell you about, um, so Liam, what I do each week is I sort of have one hanging and then sort of wear one. So, okay. I guess the one hanging, it's a, a, a bit of an old random Peter Crawford Townsville Crocodiles jersey mm. there. So, 
yeah, PC was someone I liked back in the day there. So I guess a little bit about Crawford there. He had a 16-year career in the NBL. Um, he actually had two separate stints with the Crocodiles for five years each time. Um, he's actually still the game well, – he was the game's record holder for the Crocs. Um, in between that, he played with my Wildcats for five years. Um, interestingly, that was during that 10-year period where the Wildcats didn't actually win any championships. So that was – obviously a long sort of period for the Wildcats there, so he didn't sort of win anything there. But, um, yeah, um, he was a two, two-time two All-NBL player, which kind of surprised me when I looked into that um, last night. It was an All-NBL second team and an All-NBL third team. Uh, he also won the Most Improved Player in 2005. Um, the thing that actually reminded me of PC, I saw him, obviously, um, on the sidelines. He's an assistant coach with the Bulls. Yeah, James year. Duncan, right, on his staff right yeah, now, yeah. right? So yeah. I saw that and I thought, oh, geez, that was a bit of a blast from the past there. Like, you got any memories of, of Peter Crawford uh, around that time there, Liam? I do. I go back a tiny little bit further, playing for the um, the Victorian schoolboys team um, and Damn. playing in the, the schools, the, the, the nationals there, um, I can remember PC from playing, representing uh, Queensland at that point, and he was just lights. It was PC for Queensland. Nathan Croswell for New South Wales were the kind of best players at the wow. tournament. Braith Cox was our man for, for Victoria that year. Um, and then, yeah, what a tremendous player, of course, an Olympian. Uh, um, uh, yep. Did you mention that? Yeah. So, And he was just a lights-out shooter. Know, yeah. And can I mention... Um, Shout out to PC because when I, I'm not sure if you guys know, over the off season or the preseason, I spoke with each one of the coaches on the Huddle podcast in the lead up yep, to the season. Of course. And after we, we, had, we had them all, we had uh, them all. Oh, not. After, you guys were the ones. Uh, after we wrapped with James Duncan, I uh, was still on the Zoom, stopped recording, having a bit of a chat. And I said, What's, you got, you're going to have to replace CJ. He hadn't quite been announced CJ at Adelaide, but the word was that that was done. And he was like, uh, yeah, I know. And he said, we're, we're looking around. Do you know of anybody? I said, hey, you should have a look at Peter Crawford. You should drop a line oh, at damn. Peter Crawford. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And, uh, and he was like, well, tell me about Peter Crawford. And I gave him the spiel that you just rolled out there, Rob. And uh, he'd been, in, you know, stepping into the coaching game the last couple of years. And push came to shove. Uh, he got the job. Very good. I think he was still playing just in the Queensland League, I think even maybe three seasons ago. So he obviously sort of continued playing pretty late there. So, no, nah, it's a cool story there. So, all right, well, look, I'll tell you, um, I said I'd keep this somewhat of a bit of a secret there, Liam, with this jersey. So, look, I'll stand up first so you can see who it is. So, look, it's Woody will sort of tell you when I'm standing up, but it's a very random Charlotte Bobcats jersey. Um, you'll see the name on the back soon, right? That, it is, is, and Robbie, Robbie had a man crush on this guy. He still has a man crush on this guy. Eddie House, man. Eddie House, microwave man. Eddie House, absolute journeyman. That's that's a random one, right? Eddie House, I was not expecting that. I could have rattled off maybe yeah. fifteen or twenty Charlotte Bobcats before I got anywhere <laughs> near Eddie House. Well, in fairness, Liam, he did play for. I think he will. I'll tell you, he played for nine teams in eleven seasons there, so he didn't sort of normally hang around too much when he when he stayed somewhere. But look, I guess um, look, Woody, you know how much I loved Eddie House over the years, right? He was a very random sort of favourite player of mine. Um, I know, dog. The reason for that, I actually caught him playing an NCAA college game on TV in 1999 uh, when he was playing for Arizona State. Um, Eddie House scored 61 points in that game. And just was a walking bucket. I love the way the guy played. You know, there wasn't much of him, but he just, and he wasn't shy, just um, put up every shot that he got. So, look, after that, as I said, he played 11 seasons in the NBA with nine teams. Um, very quickly, the Heat twice, he started and finished his career there. Then also the Clippers, Bucks, Bobcats, Kings, Suns, Nets, Celtics, and Knicks. 
And he also, of course, won an NBA championship with the Celtics in 2008. Yo, let, let me just say something. Let me just say yeah, something yeah. right here. This is the connection we were talking about, Liam. Did you know that Mike Bibby's brother-in-law is Eddie House? Whoa. Really? Did you know that? No. How random is that? We didn't sort of talk about what jerseys we're wearing. And yeah, we, we, didn't, we didn't. We, we didn't. Hey, hey, for everyone who's listening and watching this, this was not planned, you know? This Liam is just kept like a well-known thing. Just now. This is just well known that Mike yeah. Bibby and Eddie House. Kind of, yeah. It's not, I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. You've got to know your shit a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> isn't Eddie House the original Bill Simmons kind of irrational confidence guy? I think he was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, he just came on, he let is. him launch five threes. If he misses him, take him straight off. If he makes three of those, keep him on a bit longer, right? So, yeah. Yes. I love the way he played. And he's also actually the um, cousin of current um, Houston Rockets player, Daniel House as well. So gotcha. I guess that name is still sort of, you know, um, in the NBA now. So yeah, Eddie House. Um, and of course, would well, you know, I like to bring a random bobblehead. There can't be a more random bobblehead than an Eddie House one, right? So Oh man, love it. The Eddie House Miami love Heat it. bobblehead there. So I'm not surprised you have that, man. Uh, have you got about six Eddie House jerseys, don't you? <sighs> I do. I actually was looking through the cupboard wow. last night to pick one, and I, I found six Eddie House jerseys. So I don't know whether that, that is... means I'm crazy or a big fan or a bit of both. But um, yeah. So I just thought I'd pick this random one to wear there. But I had a bit of. A hey, I, I ain't surprised, man. And and Liam, you know, Robbie always brings a bobblehead, couple of jerseys. You know, you know, he tries to show off that he's got all this merchandise, and he always has a little toy sitting in the background, right? Okay. And he's got a. A special one today, right? A really I special do. one. Normally it's NBA related, but um, with Liam Santa Maria on, I thought we'd have Santa <laughs> in the background as well. So Santa's just going to be sitting in the background just watching over the show there. So, yeah. I like wow. that, RC. You've got all the goods. There, I think the fact that you have a, an Eddie House jersey collection to choose from is absolutely right. mind-blowing and beautiful i've even got a signed miami heat eddie house jersey as well so it was just a bit small put on a bit of weight since i got that one so i didn't <laughs> wear that one but yeah it's a bit of a random collection there but it was hard to try and keep up with all these teams there with him with him changing teams every season i guess there so no well, good stuff boys well all right what we do is it might go sort of straight into i guess just a a bit of a sort of a, an interview with Liam there just to sort of, you know, find out a little bit of, um, you know, about his career sort of back in his playing times and obviously his career now in the media. So we might sort of go into it. So, Liam, what I wanted to hear, um, obviously, you know, obviously some stories about your time in the NBL. Um, look, Woody and I have both heard you speak, you know, quite modestly about this in the past, but we would sort of love to know what your memories are you know, with playing with the Victoria Titans during the 01-02 season. Um, that, of course, was the season where the Titans finished on top of the regular season before losing to the eventual champs, the 36ers in the semifinals. So, yeah, what, what are your sort of memories from that time? Um, well, there's no other way to speak about it other than modestly, really, because it was a kind of a, a um, you know, I had a modest role on, the, on, a, on an absolutely star-studded team and I was kind of in and out of the league pretty quickly. So, um but that being said, um, my my strongest memories are primarily of practice because it was a really amazing basketball environment on the day-to-day under Brian Gorgian at, at Titans practice. Um, I had yeah. some incredible teammates on that team, you know, like real household names of Australian basketball, Tony Ronaldson and and Chris Anstey and D-Mac and then, Jason, you know, Jason Smith's at becomes a, a boomer's captain, you know, Imagine, and yeah. Brett Wheeler. And uh, it was just 
It's like an yeah, all-star she, team, wasn't it? Oh, Jamal Mosley's you know, head coach in the NBA oh, yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. Like um, there were just so many, you know, Mark Dickel, Nathan Croswell, was just, yep. Darren Smith, incredibly, Brad Sheridan, incredibly deep, talented team. Um, so practice was so much fun on the day-to-day. Now, anyone who's played for Brian Gorgian will tell you that his practices are no joke. Now, <laughs> you can imagine, man. <laughs> I, he, he may have backed it off a little bit in recent times um, because, you know, we've developed our understanding of load management and those types of things. But yep. at back in the day, like, I, I, it was you were an absolute write-off for the rest <laughs> of the day after a, a gorge practice. We were up at the very crack of dawn, um, a, you know, we getting it lifting weights with Bruce Gray, uh, who's yep. a, you know, well-known strength and conditioning coach here in, in basketball circles in Melbourne. And then, and then straight to the gym, individuals getting up your shots. And then two hour sessions that were really intense, a lot of defense, a lot of, um, you know, getting up and down and, um, you had to play at it at a really high level. I can remember him uh, always getting my name wrong. He called me Lim. He called me Lim St. Marie. And my, and my nickname at Titans practice became Buffy because um, I would love to say because I look like what Mike Bibby looks like these days, but it wasn't quite, it wasn't, it wasn't quite that way. It was because Gorge ha- would his memory went to a place where he remembered an old singer in the States called Buffy St. Marie. And so all of a sudden on the day to day, he's calling me Buffy or Buff at practice. So I remember that I can remember make, I can remember sitting down with Gorge um, in the top room there at, at Sandringham. I was practicing with the team in advance of the season with a sight towards going over and playing college ball. Um, there were some injuries yep. uh, in the backcourt in preseason um, I suited up for a couple of preseason games and, you know, held, held my own and done reasonably well. And I can remember him sitting down and saying, listen, I want to sign you to a contract. I want to sign you to the team. I know you were keen to, you know, get my help to, to go over to college, but you've got a decision to make. If you sign and you play with us, um, you won't be able to do that in your future. And he said, listen, I think, I, he said, I actually think, you know, think one day you'll become a, a head coach in this league is what he told me that day. He said, I just, the way that you sort of see the game. And, Did he know your um, name by this time there as well? <laughs> no, nah, he's like, buff. He's a buff. I no, think you got to be a head coach. <laughs> uh, he said, you know, you see the game from like a, a real team perspective, um, which is just something I've never forgotten that he said to me that day. And, uh, and he said, you got the weekend to decide. Come back on Monday and decide whether you want to sign the contract. And so I look, I had a big long think and I thought, look, the reason why I'm never going to, I'm not going to make the NBA I would go and play college ball to try to develop myself into an NBL player. I've got the best coach in the country here wants to, you know, is ready to put me in that sort of environment right away. So came back, signed that deal. I can remember checking into my first game and achieving a dream as a result. Walking out there was High Sense Arena at the time and and it was garbage time. Yep. I think it was against the Wildcats. Um, and I got out there, my knees were knocking. I was <laughs> my my arms were still tired from triceps with with Bruce Gray, and I thought I hope I don't get the ball in the corner and have to shoot from long range. Um, and I can just remember us also just falling short in the playoffs as well. Leonard Copeland lighting us up yep. in the uh, in the first round. It was at a I point remember. where you had a double chance, so we lost that series. Um, 
and then uh, then we were played Adelaide, of course, and uh, Willie Farley and Brett Maher, yeah. and we had some injuries and and got bundled out. So they're, they're my main memories, and then of course the times folded over that off season. And um, I was that actually was going the to sort of, of say that. So that sort of happened not long after the season, right? The Titans folded and then they came back as, as the Giants again for another couple of years and then left again, right? Like- it was actually quite late in the piece in the offseason. So I was ready to go for my second season with the Titans. We'd reloaded. We'd brought in Neil Mottram. Neil Mottram was going to be a part of our team that next yeah, season. Yeah. We'd changed our... Um, where we were going to be based instead of training out of Sandringham we had this setup at Monash University and it was going to be like a real kind of good setup there our whole base all in one place and then um, and then yeah it all it all went um, south and then guys guys went here there and everywhere Gorge went to Sydney I think he, he took Brad Sheridan yep. with him um, I think Baird, did Baird go straight to Perth or did he go I to New Zealand? Did. I think he might have gone to Perth first. No, no, yeah. Perth. 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 2002, Perth. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Jason Smith went to Italy. Like all, everyone went all in their different directions. Now I was kind of like the last guy on the roster and a development player right. really. And, um, you know, all the other teams around the country had their kind of development players, their local guys kind of signed up in that regard and there wasn't a spot for me. And then um, the Giants rose out of those ashes and um, they went in a different direction. You know, Mark Wright was the coach. Marcus Wright, his son, got yep. back into the to the mix and they just went with different guys and uh, and I was left on the outer. Interesting. Well, Liam, you pressed on some of those amazing sort of teammates you had there. I'd love to know, obviously, you know, playing your position there, what it was like to go against DMAC in practice there. You must have a DMAC story for us there, right? <sighs> Incredible. Really, it's it's actually cool kind of reflecting on it because um, I learned so much playing against him every day. I mean, I was really running the third mm. squad. So you had the, the the starters, then you had the bench. So the, the bench and that the point guard of that team was usually Mark Dickel, maybe sometimes Nathan Croswell. And Sparky. Then, that's right. And then I was running the third squad, which was essentially the scout group. So we would go off onto another floor with Kevin Gorgian and he would run us through the sets that the opposing team of that week would run. We would learn those sets and then we'd come back into the scrimmages and run as the scout group. So I was trying to throw lobs to Pero Vasiljevic um, and we had, you know, like the other kind of train on guys and, and we were the scout group. And so going up against DMAC, um, I had a lot of time, a lot of difficulty guarding him, as you could imagine, because the biggest issue yeah. for me was his size. You know, he's a really tall yeah. point guard and he could he could shoot over the top of me when he if he got deep enough. Um, and I can remember one thing that he told me, which I never forgot, and it really helped me as a player. And he was saying, I said, Mac, like your vision is the most is the thing that's the most amazing thing. And he said, No, no, it's it's very simple. When I when I get into the lane. I don't throw the first pass I see. I throw the second option. So the first one is the is the one that not not only I see, everyone sees. So the defenders, that's where they expect the ball to go. So whilst they expect me to drop it off here, I'm finding Jason Smith in the corner over there, and that's the pass no one expected to happen. And I thought, wow, that's that's really cool. That's why he has such an incredible assist to turnover ratio every time. It's why everyone marvels at his vision because he's not just seeing one option he's seeing the one that nobody else can recognize 
No, that's a good call. And I always thought D-Mac was one of those players. He used to make me laugh watching him because he'd just do some just ridiculous passes, like you said. And he'd, you know, he'd pick people's pockets all the time and that. But, yeah, like we said, what a what an amazing sort of roster that that team actually had back then, right? Um, and you obviously sort of pressed on um, Jamal Mosley at the start of the, the, the chat as well there, Liam. Um, what were you sort of... Um, what were your thoughts on him in that season you played with him? And did you know that he'd sort of end up being sort of destined to be an NBA head coach where he is currently with the Orlando Magic? No, no way. I mean, there are some guys, I spoke about this on the broadcast the other day about um, oh, in the preseason, I think it was about Jason Kadi. I look at him right now and I say he's going to be an NBA head coach. There's no doubt about it. You can just tell that about certain guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I couldn't tell that about Jamal Mosley. Great teammate, awesome teammate. So that's a big tick, you know, in terms of moving in that in that direction. Um, but he, you know, he was, he was just an energy guy for our squad. Best six man of the NBL that year because he came off the bench and he just did all the dirty stuff underneath. Got after offensive rebounds. He was a little bit like what Ben Moore was for Southeast Melbourne last year, but on steroids yep. because you know he would throw it down with with authority. He'd get amped. He'd get the crowd going. I can remember he would have a double shot uh, coffee in the locker room before every game. And he would, uh, that I can, I just have this memory of him walking. Everyone's work getting warmed up, having water, water, water. He's just walking around with his coffee like a Sunday morning, just making sure he got his, his coffee in before tip off. And then by the time he checked into the game, a couple of minutes into the first quarter, he was a bundle of energy. Actually, um, Caught up with uh, Cam, uh, Cam Luke, your man, on, on the weekend, right? And we had this chat about Jamal Mosley. And we were going to have this question on the show and whatnot. And at the end of overtime, what did he do? He goes, hey, hey you spoken to your, your ex-teammate oh. and coach Jamal Mosley on overtime at the end of the show? Words. That's where that came from. We were having from. a joint chat about it. That's we were having a joint from. chat about it, I'm sitting it, there right? in the but... studio thinking, why is he talking about Jamal Mosley all of a sudden? Damn, <laughs> <laughs> is. It, it was it was communal, right? So he didn't steal nothing. But yeah, now it's nice to see that. Like, um, and Robbie will touch on it. You're going out to summer league, and you got to catch up with him a few years ago, Robbie. So maybe uh, you want to speak on that a little bit, right? Yeah, look, certainly wanted to ask about the summer league, but probably before we went into that, and look, I obviously want to sort of ask, you know, after you, your playing career finished, Liam, sort of how you transitioned into the media. Um, also wanted to just maybe take one step back as well with what you said about Gorge there, with sort of in terms of coaching and that. Was that ever sort of something that was you know, on the horizon for you there or sort of what made you sort of choose the media side over the coaching side? Yeah, um, good question. So uh, I, I continued to play for a number of years after that point, um, and mainly at kind of like the state level um, here in Victoria. And um, and then eventually I hung Diamond up. Diamond League, right? Uh, it was like I played in this, what was the Seabull, which is essentially the NBL one now. I played in the Seabull and the Big V. Yep. Um, Yep. And uh, I eventually hung him up in about 2008. I snapped my Achilles tendon. I broke my fifth metatarsal in my foot. And I was having a lot of lower limb injuries. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to hang him up. But what I had also been doing in the background was finishing my degree. So I was I was smashing out a teaching degree to say, you know what? If I um, need to make sure I've got something else to go to at this point. And so when I hung him up, I was at that point, I was I was teaching full time. So... I kind of stepped away from the game a little bit in that regard and I just dove into like another chapter of my life, which was which was teaching. Um, and I was like a classroom primary school teacher for a number of years there. Wow. And my I stayed connected with the league because I was living with my best mate, Tommy Greer, 
at the time. So we, we had a little pad near Chapel Street in, in Windsor and we were having a good time. And, uh, and I was, he was playing for the Melbourne Tigers and winning championships. And, and I was kind of debriefing with him after games and kind of, uh, you know, chatting with him during the week and then, um, and then going off and getting my teaching done. And then after a little while, around 2012, 2013, as his kind of career was starting to wind down, we were, um, <laughs> we were, so this is the element of the answer that's about transitioning into the, to the media side of things. We started creating a podcast, very similar to what you guys are doing, but not to the same extent because we just started smashing out a podcast for our NBA Fantasy League um, so we had an audience of like eight <laughs> for our podcast on a weekly <laughs> basis. League, right? Yeah, just everyone in the league. And so it was um, it was more just about how everyone's teams were going and we were just having some fun with it. And then after a year or so, the guys were like, we love the podcast. You should actually do this for real. You should get out there and, and do it, not just about the fantasy, our fantasy league, but about the NBL and the NBA and whatnot. So we sparked up a podcast out of that. Um, and then at the same time, we kind of, we created a website and we thought, okay, you know what, we're going to create a website that'll be sort of like the Grantland of Australian basketball. Um, so I started writing for that website, which we were running. We put the podcast alongside that website and then things kind of just grew from there. The NBL started picking up the podcast. They, they wanted to get me involved with writing for the NBL website and then we got to a point maybe around 2016, 2017, where I kind of made the full-time transition away from, away from teaching and then uh, and completely into the, to the Hoops media game. Grizz and Tiz, Grizz and Tiz, right, Liam? That's right. Is that it? Yes, sir. Yeah, Grizz and Tiz. I remember <laughs> it, man. Yeah. yeah. I listened to it as well. So, man. Yeah. Back then, it was the only one out there that we, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, look, we must say as well, Liam, I mean, obviously... We said the same to body a couple of weeks ago, but, you know, it's guys like yourself and everything like that that, you know, really sort of given us some inspiration to sort of be able to start doing what we've been doing. You know, we've sort of talked about it for a while, but, you know, listening to your podcast, anytime there's a new episode up, and it, it really has given us a bit of inspiration there. So, we, yeah, we truly sort of thank you for inspiring us to sort of, you know, sort of go down that path that you're doing as well. So That's yeah, cool. Uh, that's that's really cool to hear. Yeah. And, I, and I love it. It's great. I mean, the more people that are talking about the game and you guys – clearly just have like an absolute love for it you know if you've got six eddie house jerseys you love basketball (laughs) uh we we want to get some of those nba fans over to nbl fans that's a big thing we try and push there because we i mean even with a lot of our mates they're huge basketball fans won't watch nbl and that's that's something that's making a bit of a mission don't we woody to try and sort of get those fans on board and and see how great our league is and how good Mm. the product is these days so yeah, we'll certainly continue. Right on, Robbie. Yeah. And look, I wanted to, to just ask you as well, um, Liam. So I know Woody sort of just mentioned about sort of going over and, and covering the, the Summer League. I know you also went over and um, I think you believe you commentated a game, um, the Jazz against, I'm blanking now, was it? Um, uh, was it yeah, United? so I've been um, there for a few preseason games. Yeah, that, the Jazz games were yeah. against um, against uh, Adelaide, against Perth. Yeah. that's You commentated with Big Thurl Bailey as well, right? <laughs> Yes, and Craig Bollerjack. We, we might pull his card today at the yeah, old pack. Yeah. Might pull his. Are you his jersey? No, I don't have a Thurl Bailey. I'm sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm letting <laughs> you down. I don't have his. Those guys, guys, those were great guys, oh, so, man. Yeah, what, I loved that calling with yeah, those. Yeah, what days. was your time like over there, sort of doing that and everything like that? Yeah, really fun, really fun, like head spinning kind of stuff. Uh, Tommy and I've been pushing with the NBL for a number of years, 
to cover the NBA Summer League with a little bit more kind of um, focus um, because, yeah. you know, what the NBA does so incredibly well is they stay relevant for 12 months of the year, right? The, the, the NBA finals finish and the NBA draft is right around the corner. Um, and so you've got the whole pre-draft process, then the draft, before you know it, after the draft, those guys are playing at Summer League. Everyone's getting their first look at Summer League. Training camp is not too far away. And then before you know it, you're in preseason, yeah. you start the regular season again. And you're like, well, I've just yeah. been consuming NBA content all year round. And so the big push <laughs> we made a few years back was like, we need to start doing this from an NBL perspective a little bit more. So they brought in the NBL Next Gen Camp as part of that process to sort of kind of tap into that idea of a draft and the draft process. Let's get all these guys measured up and, and let's look at the next guys that are going to come through. And I said, for years and years and years, so much from an NBL perspective has been happening over at the NBA Summer League. It's just been happening in the dark. Yeah. There's so much content yeah. to pull out of there. Mm. Aussie guys playing in NBA jerseys with the logo on their chest. Um, we should be making a yep. big deal about that. And they're not only Aussie guys, but NBL guys, NBL imports, who we, the year or two before, have grown to love, have become absolute stars of our league over there trying to trying yep. to break through into the NBA. And that's all aside from what's really going on, which is the hustle and bustle of NBL import scouting and recruiting. For years, every single team had representatives, coaches, CEOs, GMs, even owners on the ground there in Las Vegas, um, all trying to find the next guy, the next MVP of the NBL. And um, Mm. we said, let's go over there and cover the heck out of that. Let's get Tommy and I on the ground. Um, We've got the relationships with the coaches and the GMs and the players and we can kind of get in and have those conversations. So we did that first time. I think it was 2017. It's did a couple of times with Tommy. And la- the last one I did a couple of years ago, the Earthquake Summer League with, with Cam Luke. Um, and yep. haven't been back since because of COVID and, and the like. So hopefully back next year. And then the NBL-NBA preseason games, of course, sensational. Just putting the NBL right there on the global scale. I wasn't there for the OKC-Melbourne United game. Which was a bummer because oh, right. one yep. came right down to the wire. My yep. man Tommy was there for that. Castle Bear um, was on fire, wasn't he? Uh, but I've been there for some for some good games. I've been there for some beltings. Um, but hopefully we can get back into that next next season and at some stage we're gonna break through for a win. Hopefully things get back a bit, yeah, a bit more to normal and you can sort of go over there and cover those. And look, that's actually sort of brings me to, I guess, another, I was sort of just curious as well, Liam, with how you guys sort of go with, I guess, the NBL sort of hub type commentary you guys do at the moment. Because I believe if I'm right, so there's no traveling to sort of interstate to all the games like it sort of happened in the past. So they've essentially got, got you guys in a bit of a hub there. How do you find that? And sort of, do you find that sort of still easy to cover the games that way? And what are, what are the sort of differences? Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I've just gotten very used to it, of course, because, you know, we're in now, mm-hmm. what is it, third year of doing that this season? Yeah. Um, so it's become very much the norm for me. Um, we always have one, at least one person as a sideline there on the ground at the, at the venue. Um, but I don't do that yeah. as much. I'm just kind of in the, in the hub as, as an analyst. I did get one season as part of the broadcast team in the arena before we transition into the hub. So I do have that experience to kind of refer to. And look, there's nothing like being in the atmosphere and being able to experience, 
you know, see the whole floor is a big one for me. See what the, you know, while the play's going on here, what the coach, who the coach is talking to at the end of his bench down there, those types of things you miss for sure. Um, But the main thing is just the feel and the atmosphere and the roar of the crowd as it goes through your body in a massive moment. Having said Mm -hmm. that, I've got very used to reading games um, and analysing games off the TV, just from from the type of angle that you get from the camera as distinct to being courtside. And so just I've kind of got very used to that. And I will say also, being in the hub is, um, it's not as much of a big difference for the analysts because, yeah, okay, there's you, from time to time you got to get up and about as a result of the flow of the game. But I think what the real impact is on the play-by-play guys who, mm. you know... Um, and I've certainly experienced that having stepped in and helped out with play-by-play a couple of times. I've felt the difference. I've gone, geez, there were some times in that game where I would really love to have been courtside. You know, that I remember that Southeast Melbourne-Adelaide game two seasons ago when Jerome yep. Randall was Mitch Creek's first game back in Adelaide. He missed the layup that yep. would have tied the game on the buzzer. And that. Jerome Randall hit those couple of massive buckets late. And I just I can remember calling that game play-by-play thinking, I wish I was at the arena as these 36ers fans are just losing their biscuits right now. So there's some moments like that. But look, in the COVID world, a a lot of sports, most sports are kind of doing this. They transition to doing this, broadcasting this way. And the NBL, as it turned out, we're actually kind of ahead of the curve in that regard because we went into the harvest season before COVID hit. And I think with the technology and all those sort of things probably allows for it, right? I'm sure you guys have probably got some pretty good at, um, access to the live stats and sort of all the various replays. So essentially, like you said, for the colour sort of commentary, there's probably you're probably not missing out on a lot of things, are you, I guess? But... Yeah, we've got three huge screens in front of us. So directly in front of us is the broadcast yeah. screen. So that's that has what is going to broadcast right now. Um, so that's the one you watch 99% of the time because it's got the game on it. Um, we have one to the left, which has... Every camera, every camera is fed. So it's got, say, I don't know how many screens, but it's broken up into a whole bunch of different screens. So from time to time, I do look over there and can see like a guy's walking to the score bench to check in, but it's not on the broadcast screen, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So you can say, oh, all right, he's coming to the... To the to, to check in, cool. and then the next screen over on the right is the is the live stats. It's a huge box score that updates the moment things things happen, fed straight from the game. So yeah, we're perfectly set up. I love the look and feel of the broadcast this year in the studio. We've got some some fun tools that we're going to unravel, unveil in the next few weeks. That's going to kind of add to it nice. as well. So um, very good. Yeah, man. I think I think I'm enjoying the whole setup there at the moment. No, we can't wait to see it. And look, yeah, I really appreciate some of those answers, Liam. And look, we could probably ask you some of these questions sort of all day, but we're obviously conscious of time. So what I probably wanted to do is maybe just sort of, maybe just have a little bit of a a look back on round one of the NBL. Obviously, we know round two is about to start in less than three hours from the time we're actually recording now, right? But um, yeah, I just wanted to sort of see what your thoughts, for, I guess, for both of you with that first week. So um, maybe, Liam, let us know, maybe a team or a player that might have impressed you during that first round. Woody, I hope I don't steal what you what you're gonna go with here, but um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pick the low hanging fruit and talk about Vic Law, because oh my goodness, he was just unbelievable 
on that on that opening night, wasn't it? I mean, it was such it's a cool opening night yeah. of the season because you had the drama and the history of Tassie winning their first game. And then you go to Perth and you go, well, what are you guys going to bring? What are you guys going to bring that's going to make this a memorable game? And Vic Law hits 37 points on debut as a Wildcat. Just, he was unstoppable, on fire. I, I um, couldn't believe that they were able to sign him because they had Nick Kay and then they had John Mooney. And then it's like, can they do it again? And I... I hadn't even considered that they would get Vic Law. I personally just thought he would the, the Bullets would be able to bring him back because he got along really well with the guys there. I thought, well, they know how good he is. They'll come to the table and pay what they need to pay. And all of a sudden, the Wildcats announced Vic Law. And I'm like, well, that's just the perfect signing. Um, you, How do you guard Bryce Cotton when you can't double-team him now because you cannot afford to get into rotations because if you do, the ball will eventually find Vic Law and you toast. Um, and that's why he put that completely on display in that opening game as he poured in that massive scoring total. So that, that was my big takeaway and something I loved loved watching. Nice. And I think like Law obviously you know, played pretty deep into the summer league with the Lakers there. I don't know if he was the last player cut like everyone always likes to say, but he was pretty sort of close to making the team. And yeah, he comes back. He's obviously healthy now and he's, he's fit right into that team. And I think him and sort of Bryce can sort of play that, you know, Batman and Robin sort of role and switch around each game from, you know, to, to, to sort of running hot and everything like that. So, no, as a Perth fan, I love that answer, Liam. Good, good work on that one. Um, and what about yourself, Woody? I wanted to see if there was maybe, a, you know, a team or a player or something you might have slept on a little bit in that first round. Hey, man, first let me just say, uh, Liam, you didn't steal my thunder at all, right? Uh, I'm, like, I'm like Corey, man. For the last 15 years, before the season starts, I've been telling Robbie, man, your Wildcats ain't making make the playoffs, man. I've been telling him for like 15 years, right? But this year, I got him to, you know, I got him in my top four, and I said, Vic Law is going to be MVP this year. Ooh, that was my hot take. I mean, love it. I think that he's going to be MVP this year, right? Uh, so, is he on the, I mean, he on the record with that? Guys. You on the record? I'm on the record with that. I, I am is. on the record. And I, 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 said Joe, I said Joe Chi was going to win it, which would he that, laugh That was crazy. Saying. That was absolutely oh, crazy. You saw his first game, didn't you? You know, yeah. All right, look. So what I did was I slept on SEM, Liam. You know, I, I know you predicted them to win it all, and I actually had them to be fighting for a playoff uh, spot. In fact, uh, I had New Zealand in fourth and, and SEM in fifth. Um, obviously, if, it was to, if I was to redo my predictions now, that would change. Um, I've got to give it to you, Leon. That's why he's like our Woj, you know, our Santa knows what's up. You know what I'm saying? So, but let, let me tell you why I slept on them. Can you, can you guys hear me out or what? Yes, sir. Of course, man. I mean, up, in, up until the end of September, the Phoenix had not had a lot of play and movement, you know, and, and when Zach Hankins got injured and, and was ruled out, for the season, you know, they had no imports and, and they signed Xavier Munford late as their first import, you know, and I remember Xavier on that 2016 Memphis Grizzlies team. You know, that was an injury riddled team. Conley and Gessel were both out. Uh, I mean, they lost 4-0 to San Antonio in the first round of the playoffs, but he had a big role to play in that series alongside Vince Carter. And he also played against my my boy and Sydney Kings uh, alumni, Jarrell Martin. So I, I knew the guy got game, but it's only been one game versus New Zealand, but I slept on him a little bit as well, Liam and Robbie, you know. Uh, I didn't think he would come here and be ready to make an impact like he did last week right away. I mean, he could be a realistic MVP candidate. I mean, 100%. is that fair? Oh, definitely. Is that fair, Liam? Uh, he would, he's going to be terrific all year long. I was on board with him as a signing 
they, they had an interesting journey the Phoenix took over the offseason in terms of that point guard position. They were in conversations with Casper yep. Ware, with with Jalen Adams, I heard. with Jeremiah Martin. Um, they were, and then and then when Xavier Mumford came into the picture, and you know Tommy kind of asked for my feedback. I was like, I'm all in. I'm all in with this guy. He's he's exactly what you need. I love the combination. His ability to play off the ball, as I've said on air, and teammate, it's going to work well with Kyle Adnam and Isaiah Liafa, who we know can play in this league. Um, they are so stacked. I don't know. I've picked Mitch Look. Creek as, as MVP because um, I just feel like they're going to have a really successful season. And then when push comes to shove, teams are everyone going to look at that, that team and go, Creek's the heart and soul. And he's going to get MVP votes as a result. But they're so stacked. I think over the course of the season, he's it's it's not going to be like Xavier Mumford night in, night out, like it was with Sobey with Brisbane last year and Tyler Harvey with Illawarra. Right. It, it has been with Bryce Cotton for the Wildcats for a number of years. I just don't know that it's going to be quite like that. But he's a gun. And um, I think he was a great pickup for him. Well, I mean, you mentioned, man, he can play, you know, uh, off the ball and 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 let Liafo Adnan, Adnan, you know, Adnan, you know, run the point guard position, or he can be the floor general at certain times. So he's he gives a little bit of flexibility to that offense, right? Um, and I mean, you look at a guy like Dane Penner, you know, it's great to see him healthy and just you know getting up there with the the Windex in the newspaper on that glass, you know, you know, cleaning that all up, man. Unreal. Love to see Sydney Kings alumni doing well, mm-hmm. um, and. And as you said, Joe Chi, man, Robbie, as, as Homicide says, Liam, be wary when you go into the paint when he's there, right? <laughs> he has that like Ru- Rudy Gobert-like presence. Yeah. So, um, and then as you as you mentioned, you know, Mitch Creek and Ryan Brokoff, there's some problems last year. Um, personal, personally, hopefully all that's behind them. Um, you know, you got Cam Glidden looking good. That Australian talent's there. As you said, a lot of depth in that team. Uh, and, and, and one final thing I got to say about SEM, right? And and we haven't, and we know he's going through COVID protocols right now. And it's it's Devin Thomas, who, who's currently, uh, you know, he'll he'll be available. I think round three. Am I right? Maybe round four, mm-hmm. Liam. Right? Mm-hmm. He comes out. I and, think uh, midnight tonight. But they're not going to roll him out this week. Okay. Right. Right. Well, I mean, Robbie, I got to tell you this, man. He learned. Under the tutelage, tutelage of one of my all-time favorite players at, in that program at Wake Forest, a great program. You know who I'm talking about? Who am I talking about, bro? Danny Manning, right? Danny Manning, my guy, man. Yeah. Danny Manning, man. So, uh, and Danny Manning said this guy's got a lot of passion. You know, he, he he comes, he plays with energy, and he cares about the game so much. So, you spoke about Ben Moore, a guy with that similar sort of uh, intangibles, Liam. And I think that you know Thomas is going to be a great addition to this team. And, and when I thought they were going to challenge for maybe a playoff spot, I, I'm going to change my tact here. I'm going to agree with you and say that they're a real championship contender now, right? So, awesome. yeah. You know, he was actually a college teammate of John Collins as well with Wake Forest. Oh, dope, man. Yeah, you know, we love JC, JC, man. Yep. So Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, very good. Well, what uh, Woods, why don't you sort of maybe just put up the games for sort of round two there? And we just have a, just a quick look through those to sort of, you know, show the audience what the, what the games are for this weekend. All right, so we're starting off tonight, right? It's going to be fun. Big game. Tasmania versus Adelaide. Mm. Big game. You're not working, Liam? I oh, know. I'm, I'm chilling. I'm taking that one in. Chilling. And uh, it's a big game for Adelaide. 0-2 start. They've got to go down and play against game. Tassie, who are up and about. No, that's going to yeah, be a good I mean, one. I mean, I'm not as high on Adelaide as 
as Corey is, as he said on Tuesday night, Liam, right? So uh, I, I think I've got Tasmania in this game, Robbie. Yep, yeah, I've got Tasmania as well for that. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing them again. I enjoyed sort of seeing them at home. Great atmosphere in that first game. And yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's I know it's only the second week, but it's a huge weekend for Adelaide. Now, if they yes. lose this and go 0-3 and, and then New Zealand on, I think on Sunday, they could potentially go in an 0-4 hole, which would be very hard to get out of. So yeah, maybe they'll sort of throw the kitchen sink. I think Adelaide's got a few people back that weren't sort of playing last week, but still a couple out there. But um, they yeah, still don't have Sunday. Back. What about Detch? Sort of I was sorry, I was going to say they yeah, still don't yeah, have Sunday Detch back. He's he's a key piece that they're. He missing would have been good on the jet too, wouldn't he? For, for sure. sure, for sure. Those long arms out there. Hey, uh, Liam, I wanted to ask you this, man. There's one uh, Dusty Hammers, right? He reminds me of one ex West Sydney Razorback, one ex-Adelaide 36er who could shoot the lights out. You know who I'm talking about? Razor, I mean, I know Willie Farley played for both Adelaide and West uh, Sydney, but it, he wouldn't be reminding you of, of Willie. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about Troy DeVries, man, right? Okay. You know, you, you know, just a great shooter, you know, that that comparison is there for me. So, I mean, as Homicide said, he's got to step up, but, yeah. you know, I think that, Give him, give him a little bit of time. He's a good player, and I think he can, he can bring it, right? He, oh, we saw the, you saw in the preseason, right? Of course it, we did. Was it, we did. Who was it against Perth? The Wildcats against Perth, yeah, yeah, yeah late yeah, in the blitz, yeah. and he just kind of lit it up late. Kevin White got in his face, and he got him fired up. That's what he needs. He needs someone to get in his grill. He needs to go out of his way and talk some smack with Josh Adams or something tonight, and get get something right. get something fired up because uh when that happened he completely took over and fired Adelaide to the he win. Did. So he definitely has that in him. He's just got to try to get the looks. Um they got to try to run some stuff for him and find him in transition and make a real focus of him and get him going because um yeah, if, if he's if he's going to fire blanks like he did over the course of the opening weekend, they're not going to win a lot of games. I hear you, man. Wasn't a good I start, hear you. Wasn't? What do you guys think of the game of the round for this week? I guess you could probably take a few. I mean, obviously the Melbourne sort of, you know, Melbourne and South East will be good there. I quite like the Sydney and, and Illawarra one myself as well for, for sort of must-watch games. Woody? Yeah, I mean, I probably would go with that that one that you're covering on uh, Sunday night, Perth versus Brisbane. That's going to be a fun game, right? You know, like... I think Brisbane's got a point to prove. Vic Law and Hodgson against their old teams, if Hodgson plays yeah, as well. Absolutely, man. So um, that's going to be fun, right? So what do you got, Liam? I do not think you can go past Sydney and Illawarra. And, yeah. and there's, there's, it's a great rivalry. There's good history there. There's been a little kind of banter throughout this week, which has been interesting from an ownership level. But mm. these are just two really stacked teams. You know, and they're trying to battle it out for who's the best team in New South Wales this season. And it starts it starts on Saturday night. So that's that's a huge one for me. Of course, you know, I, there was uh, the, I thought I loved it. The conversation I had with Gorge a few weeks back where he was like, you know what? Last season, we were in the finals and they were watching us from home. So he said, it's 1-0 the gong right now as we head towards NBL 22. And um, I'm really looking forward to that one because... Uh, Sydney didn't quite fully hit their stride in their opening game against against Melbourne United. Uh, Illawarra yeah. looked, I hear you, man, unbelievably yeah. good as we as we kind of expected that they would against against Adelaide. So um, in Kudos Bank Arena, in front of what should be a really healthy crowd, that's going to be a massive game. 
Yeah, I didn't want to be a Sydney homer, man. So, you know, I kind of went with the Wildcats <laughs> Brisbane. But, yeah, me and Robbie are going to that game. Yeah, you're designated driver that night, Robbie, right? Yeah, it always seems to be on designated driver when we go to these games, Woods. But, no, that's <laughs> all, right, all good. All it's right. the first time I've been to a game for a while with this. I'm looking forward to it. It's in a, a pretty good time, too. We can go out and have a bit of a feed after that, maybe. So, all right, that's great. Well, look, I thought we'd just sort of just talk about some of the key sort of games there, I guess, Woods, rather than sort of go through sort of each. Hey, Ken Sasmania, I'm looking forward to that, man. My boy Keanu Pinder, you know, he did all right in that first game. Looking forward to see if he can show out again, right? So maybe not so many turnovers from Cairns, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's a big one for them as well, isn't it? They sort of want to get on the board and everything like that. But I, I found it quite a hard week. I mean, we're in a tipping comp there. I found a lot of sort of almost 50-50 games. I, I think I picked a lot of the road teams to win as well. Which... Well, let's go through our tips real quickly, oh, man. Right. All right. We, I got, we got Tasmania, you and me today. Who who you got tonight, Liam? Man, that's tough, that one. I, I'm going to... I'm going to lean towards Adelaide with my head says Tassie, but my heart says Adelaide because I just want CJ to get that first win and get, get up and about. And I want that team Word. to start yeah. feeling good about themselves. All right. I think we're all on the same page with that second game. Southeast Melbourne at home mm-hmm. at John Kane versus New Zealand, right? Yeah. Yep. All right. You know, I got Sydney. In, I, mean, I ain't, I ain't going to waver from my boys, man. But what about you two? I'm going to say the Hawks for that one. Not with a great deal of confidence. I think it'll be a close, tight game, but I think the Hawks might just have a little bit too much for them there. Me too. I'm with the Hawks. And yep, looking forward. Yeah. I, think, I think I'm with Cairns for this next one against Tasmania. Um, yep. This will yeah, be Tassie's first game on the road. Uh, it'll be Cairns' first game back at the Cairns Convention Centre, which yep. is their beloved home court, and they weren't there all last season. And um, coming in off the bombings or something when they lost you, <laughs> the snag, yeah, yeah. they were. Yeah. Um, and then I think they're just they'll be so annoyed with themselves after their performance last right. week in Perth, um, especially Scott Machado. This I hear you, man. Fun point guard matchup here, man. These two guys went at it in the G League as the two kind of premier assist guys at that level at one point. Um, they're going to be engaged in another battle like that this season in the NBL, and they're going to go head to head in this one. The funny thing is, Liam, the minute, you know, um, Tasmania signed Josh Majette, me me and Robbie, we we Atlanta Hawks lifers, right? And we know Josh and we know how good he is. And we said, yo, this guy's going to lead the league in assists probably, right? So, you know, we we, we with you, man, right? Like, I think Scott Machado might not have like some of those guys are going to finish those buckets for him, right? So it's going to be a nice contest and Delhi might be in the contest, as you said, right? So... Um, I think the guy that probably will give those two a shake over the course of the year will be Mitch McCarron. Right, yeah. Once the 36ers hit their stride and he's just... There's some teams out there that are going to have a lot of guys ripping it off the defensive glass and pushing themselves. Sydney's obviously a perfect example. New Zealand like to do a lot of that. Um, And sometimes... Whereas I think Adelaide, there's going to be very much a focus of like, get Macca the rock. Get Mm -hmm. him... Isaac, DJ, these guys right. can best. So they pull down the defensive board. Fine Macca, he pushes. He's finding Dusty Hannas. He's finding guys kind of slashing to the hoop. I think once they hit their stride, Macca's uh, assist numbers are going to start rising. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good shot, man. Um, all right. What about the throwdown? All right. What about the throwdown? Who we got? No, I'll just... start off with that. I'm going to say Southeast with that one. I. I'm not that high on United this year, I've got to say. I, I don't know. It's something, it just seems to be sort of lacking a little bit of, of something on that team. So I, I'm going to stick with, with Southeast for that one. 
I'm with you all the way, Robbie. Yeah, I'm there too. I will say it's Melbourne's only game for the week. Phoenix played less than 48 hours in advance yep, of I... that. So depending on how much of a grind that Breakers game is, that could make things a little bit in- interesting. But nonetheless, I think the Phoenix are, I think they're just a much better team than Melbourne United this season. And Golding's still out for at least another week. Is that sort of your... He's a game day decision or? is okay, the latest so word from Melbourne. Yeah. All right. Yep. What about DB, man? David Barlow. Barlow's back. Playing? All right. Barlow's yeah. back. Jack White maybe next week. Wow. What? That early? Yeah. Damn. That's why you had Melbourne in the top four, right? What do you yeah, like? What's what's Santa doing having Melbourne is, in the top what four? What is Santa but, talking okay, about? Okay, Jack man. Whiteback. That's a that's a completely right. different ball game now than he was awesome last year. All right. All right. This is interesting. Adelaide, New Zealand, two teams that are probably going to go into this game really needing a win, right, guys? Yeah. Um, geez, the Breakers have it tough once again, don't they? Not only do they have um, you know all this time on the road now, they've got a they've got to. Um, you know, play these back-to-back games. They play the Phoenix, who are just so, so tough, and they're going to play an Adelaide team who is either going to be incredibly desperate after losing in Tassie and yep. start 0-3, or suddenly feeling kind of good about themselves, have just kind of got the got the um, monkey off their back, got a win on the board, and they're coming home. So I think Adelaide in this one. Yep. I'm going to say New I'm Zealand. Pro- I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm. I'm going to go with Santa here, man. I think Adelaide is going to get this, man. New Zealand are depleted, um, and they're, they're struggling, man. It's just really tough to not be at home and be on the road for so long. They had that last year, and they thought that this year that they might have the opportunity to, you know, play some of their games at home. And they've started the season, you know, on the road, and it's going to be tough. So, and and they've got the the COVID issues, right? So, yeah. I'm going to go Adelaide on this one. Yeah. Let's just hope they get the calls. If you remember their first game last yep. season, New Zealand in Adelaide, Lamar Patterson, late in the game, they they called a travel on him when the breakers when Adelaide were trying to commit the take foul and send him mm. to the free throw line, called the travel. Donald Sloan comes out, hits the three ball, New Zealand lose that game, and it was the start okay. of a horrible season. So they might have some of those memories, some of those guys, as they return to the entertainment center. Definitely. All right, Robbie, your boys. Um, yeah, look, I think I'm reasonably confident about Perth in this one. Um, I was very impressed with with Franks last week for Brisbane. He seems to have quite a bit of variety in his game, and he's a big unit there. So it'll be interesting to see if Hodgson is back or not. Obviously, Majok Majok was very good in you know that in both of the games last week. But yeah, I'd like to see that sort of you know match up inside. But I think Perth will be a little bit sort of you know too strong there, and you know, not sort of too concerned about that game as a Wildcats fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's like I told you there's two imports that everybody's sleeping on in this league. It's Mikhail McIntosh from Tasmania and Isaiah Moss from Brisbane. Liam, are we going to see Isaiah Moss back? Good question. Playing this Sunday. Good question. I don't know. Yeah. He's been dealing with that hamstring issue that kept him out of the preseason yes. and out of their season opener. Um, I'm not sure. You think he's going to have a big impact? I just think that like people are sleeping on Macintosh and Moss a little bit, right? You know, they they've been very uh, under the radar. Macintosh had a pretty good season in the NZBL. He can shoot the ball well, and he's just going to be a guy that that can contribute to the game quietly, you know, falling under the radar. And I just think uh, I think he'll be decent, man. Yeah, I think a lot of people sleep on him. So yeah, yeah. he'll help them for sure. Um, and you know, they they kind of they missed 
I think they missed him a bit last week as well because, geez, they were struggling from long range. Yeah, yeah. And Anthony Drimmick wasn't knocking it word down. Up, word up. Jason Kadee was having his struggles. So to have another guy like that, you can turn to and say, hey, can you knock a couple down for us? Um, I, I think I, I lean towards the Wildcats here at home. If this was in Brisbane, yeah, me too. I might potentially go the other way because, you know, the Wildcats with all those guys still out. Um, but they've got such a great schedule to open the season with these five games at home. And, right. You know, you're playing teams like Adelaide and Cairns and teams that we don't think are genuine championship contenders. So they've, they've built a little momentum yeah. off that opening round and I think they'll get this dub. Uh, good stuff, fellas. Well, look, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm actually hooping tonight myself, so I'm going to have to sort of um, sort of press the record on the, on the game tonight. As soon as I come home, I'll be watching that and looking forward to that. So... All right, good stuff. Well, Liam, are you ready for this part of the show? This is the More part where Woody opens the old pack of cards and it's his like favourite part of the week, this part. So we've just sort of play a, a small part in this and, and give a few comments. So, yeah, take it away for us there, Woods. This is the part of the show where I open up a classic pack of cards, right, Liam? Mm-hmm. Um, it could be from last week. What did we do? We did a 94-95 Skybox Sky last box, year. Yeah. Last week, right? So... This week I got the 90-91 hoops. Okay, I oh, just hold opened on. the back. 90-91? These are 91-92, right? Oh, 91-92. Sorry, my apologies. 90-91 was like, that's my s- series of cards. <laughs> With the gray, you know, the archway yeah. around, the gray. I had yeah. a, that was my set. So, Liam, we have opened up quite a few packs of 90-91 hoops. That's why I got confused. Okay. But this week I got the 91-92 hoops. All right? Let's do it. So, Let's bring it on. Let's do it. The first one I got is Indiana Pacers, Mike Sanders. Wow, Mike Sanders. Wait, wait, didn't we have him in a pack previously? And I told you we he did. played for Cleveland Cavs in the past. Am I right? We had him in the 1991. We hoops. did. All right. Well, yeah. again, he played with Cleveland in the past. I don't know much more about him, but there you go. All right. So we've got Miami Heat now. Terry Davis. <laughs> Wow. Got, any, got any fun facts on him, Liam? Because I'm struggling. No, man. We we're hitting the he big. He was a names. left-hander, I think. A left-hander. I'm going to say. It's probably doesn't say that on the card. But yeah, just but he just went to Virginia. Up. Yeah, average four point seven points a game. All right. Of course. I know you're going to love this one, man. Milwaukee Bucks. Dan Shays. Oh wow. 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 Okay. Son of the great Dolph Shays there, right? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, son of Dolph Shays. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right, guys. This guy is probably the probably one of the most controversial picks in NBA history because he was taken before who? Is Michael it, is Jordan. We better say Sam Bowie. Yeah. Sam, Sam Bowie. Right here we got Sam Bowie right here. Oh He's a my. big boy. They took the they took the size over the talent, didn't they? In that draft. Uh, Nope. And if it wasn't for injuries and whatnot, he would have been a hell of a player, man. Yeah. You know, back sure. then the big man actually made a difference. You know, what I mean, yeah, he so, wasn't yeah. someone that was a bust because of talent, was he? He was. He didn't work out because of his injuries. He's, he's the Greg so. Oden before Greg Oden, mm, definitely. Yeah, and a New York Knicks legend, man. And uh, Robbie, I know you said that you're just about to get uh, NBA Street uh, on on PlayStation, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. And this guy is awesome to use on that game. Kenny Walker. Hey, oh, Skywalker. Skywalker. Yes, legend. You had a great flat top too, didn't you, back in the day? He's yeah, here. Sharp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry I can't play tonight, Robbie, in, in our rec league game. I'm gonna look after my grandparents. Well, good, but there is a three point shooter that you love, and we opened up him in Dana Barros. No, 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 Dana Barros, man. This guy is one of your favorites. NBA analyst. Oh, three D. 
3D Dennis oh, Scott, wow. baby. Nice Dennis he's looking, Scott. Um, he's looking in pretty um, big shape there, let's say. Looks like he's packed on a few kgs. He is. He's there. rocking yeah, the I short like shorts too there, isn't he? With the long, <laughs> with yeah, the look long how far under shorts. the knees are there. <laughs> Liam, Robbie barely attempts a two-point shot, so he loves 3D, right? Oh, man, you guys are going to love this, Okay. You, you talk about D-Mac being a great passer. Yes. What about the greatest passer of all time? Okay. LA Lakers legend. Who am I talking about? Irvin Magic Johnson. Magic, right? It is Magic. Oh, oh what a Irvin card. Johnson. What oh, a card. That is a card right That's there. Cool, and is that that Randy Brewer guy from Minnesota we've spoken about that before? Is Randy Brewer. That front. is Randy Brewer. I don't think Randy Brewer is going to stop Magic from driving past. No, hell no, man. We pulled that card, Randy Brewer card last week, bro. Yeah. That's I love like it. my I, first true superstar card, dude. I love how you reveal a card of Hall of Fame, one of the greatest players of all time, Magic Johnson, and Rob's like, is that Randy Brewer? <laughs> That's how I roll. Yeah. All right. We knew this guy, man. You know, he did okay. He did his thing. I'm pretty sure he played with the Utah Jazz. Yeah, he definitely did play with the Utah Jazz. Felton Spencer. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. He was there sort of around when a... Longley got drafted, I think, wasn't he, with yeah. the Timberwolves? Yeah. Yeah. This is Timberwolves card. Yeah. So yeah. How, how long have the Timberwolves been in existence at this point? Like three, two or three years? Oh, 88 or were they? Yeah, okay. I thought it was, yeah, probably about, yeah, probably right. Maybe the third year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. He was right. a big unit too, wasn't he, Felton Spencer? Oh, jeez. All right, guys. Magic Johnson to Felton Spencer was a little bit of a step down, just quietly. <laughs> yeah, a little very, bit. Very bespectacled, okay? He looked like he should be working at KPMG or PWC, all right? He, he played for the Phoenix Suns in 1991-92, but he was also a great LA, LA Laker. Who was he? Karambas. Nice. Oh, guys, i got, I got to show you something. Wow. Oh, here we go. I told you he was going to get excited, Liam, didn't I? Now he's going to pull out some Kurt Rambis jersey or something. There oh, you go. That was unexpected. <laughs> I know. I this is an unopened man. pack, too. He didn't plan for this, right? Like, probably the only one in the world who owns a Kurt Rambis jersey. Mm-hmm. Probably are. Right, this, this guy, man, rest in peace to him. Because I know, Robbie, you and me loved him. And he revolutionized the stretch four, five. He was... A contestant on the episode of Survivor. Oh, wow. On the season of Survivor. Who am I talking about? Who am I talking about? And he'd love to smoke a peace pipe, man. Who am I talking about? Uncle Cliff. (laughs) We're talking Clifford Robinson, baby. Clifford Robinson, right? He had a great career, didn't he? He was a six-man with the Blazers. And he went on sort of, you know, played with Detroit and a couple of other teams. Yeah, he he was a great player, Uncle Cliff. Dude. Loved him, man. Rest in peace to him, man. Yeah. You know, rest just, in peace to him. Yeah, well said. And just quietly, you scared the heck out of me because you're talking about Kurt Rambis and then you say rest in peace. And I thought, well, what have I missed? It's something there. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> so good to... My bad. I got ahead, I got ahead of myself, Liam. I, I just did a quick Wikipedia. To Kurt Rambis. It was rest in peace to Kurt Rambis's coaching career, possibly. But yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, right. very yeah much for alive. sure. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. He actually coached Nathan Jawai at Minnesota, right? Fun fact, okay. right? Okay. Okay, and you know what Lee Ellis tells to us when we open up an NBA oh, hoops not checklist, a checklist card? It's an NBA hoops checklist card. What do we? What does Lee Ellis tell us to do? Huh? Rip, rip it up in a hundred pieces, um, throw it gone. over your shoulder. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone, man. It's why, gone. why are we yeah. ripping it up? What? It's gone. Hey, wh- how are you gonna rip it up, Robbie? T- tell, tell Lee. So tell it's, Liam it's the rule there. You know, we sort of we we stole this idea off Lee Ellis from the No Dunks podcast, the greatest Australian there, and he's got a rule there. That, 
Firstly, you're going to get an Idis Thorpe card in nearly every pack. But the second rule is if you get a checklist, you rip it up and chuck it. So we've actually sort of been in contact with Liam and let him know when we get one and he's liking hearing hearing about with that Lee. as well. So, yeah. yeah, with Lee. Yeah, we've been in contact with Lee. He's like, if you ever get a checklist card on your show, Woody and Rob, you got to, you got to, you got to rip it up, yeah. right? Wow. So we just, we're okay. just honouring a great Australian <laughs> in Lee Ellis, right? Yeah. Is that okay, it? Okay, so we've got an NBA year. No, there's four more to come. Oh All God. right. Do you know? Can four I just can come. I just flag the card okay, that I'm gonna... hoping for? The best card from this this it. this series of ninety one ninety two hoops is that tournament of America's Team USA Dream Team card. Yep, and they're, they're all had... on the card. It's a landscape. Oh, you man, had to turn man. a landscape tournament of America's. So I'm hoping that's in these final four. Nice, come on, boys. Oh, I'm sorry, it's not, but we have got the great coach. Okay, the Zen Master. Okay, uh, cool. Wow. Look at that. It's a pretty cool pack. It's a great pack. It's a good one. Yeah. Look at him there. Yeah. That's a big suit he's wearing. All right. We got <laughs> Detroit Pistons. I mean, Michael Jordan often said, I mean, have you guys watched Michael Jordan's playground? I mean, you're 43, you're 40, I'm 38. We've all watched Michael Jordan's playground, right? Of course. Yeah. Is this going to be and a bit then, of Joey D? Uh, exactly, bro. Who did he say was the guy that he hated playing against? This is an all-star card for Ooh, Joe Dumas, those man. Ones, yep. Nice. And we got the Clyde Drexler, the Michael Jordan in over the last few weeks to put it alongside in my collection. Would man. you say a better player than general manager? <laughs> well, yeah, he's got that the, the meme right of the two phones that he's holding in the in the front yeah, office. Yeah. But one of the most underappreciated players of all time. Oh, hundred percent, Liam. Time. Seriously, man. Like we sleep on him all, all the time, right? But. Okay, we got an Orlando, Orlando Magic team card. I mean, the Orlando Magic, they had three Rollins and whoever else playing for them back in 91. They were an average team, right? Oh, like, we tear one. that up. That's a bit yep. of Matt Gukas, the coach there, I think, right? Yep. It's <laughs> going back. That's what is this the, the last one? And the final one, we have a NBA yearbook, class of 79 card for Magic Urban Ooh. Johnson. Oh, my God. It's the Magic Pack. It is a great pack for Magic. I don't even remember that card. I don't know. I've got that set somewhere in the wardrobe, but that is a good one. I won't talk about uh, Randy Brewer this time, Liam. Don't worry. No. Well, the 1991 was nostalgic. I agree with Liam with the grey background. You know, yeah, brilliant. We have we've got I've still got a few of them back there sitting there. So that was great. Potentially open one up in a in a future episode, Robbie. Good stuff, Woody. No, I really enjoyed that. I like opening. Sorry, these sorry packs for getting them. too excited, everyone. You know how I get when we open these packs. <laughs> I thought man, you were right? pretty yeah. sort of under control compared no, to some weeks ago. Apart from the, apart from I, the this was, I enjoyed this. This one, that was a good one. Oh, yeah, nice. Okay, Kurt Rambis jersey, I got the Phil Jackson book. Ah, <laughs> oh, sick, man. Very sick. good. All right, guys. Well, look, I've had an absolute blast with having you on there. And Liam, we can't thank you enough for being on there. It's just been awesome. We've been looking forward to it all week. And yeah, it's been great sort of, you know, hearing some of your stories and yeah, sort of focusing right on some old stories and some uh, some NBA and MBL there. So I guess um, just sort of start to wrap it up a little bit now. Um uh, now, Liam, if we make an error in our show the week before, we always own up to it the week after, no matter how small it is. So last week, um, when I was talking about our Hawks there, I actually got the wrong right brother. So I'm not talking about those ones involved in aviation. I was talking about the DeLon and Darrell Wrights that played in the NBA. So I actually referred to current Hawks player DeLon as Darrell Wright. I'm sorry about that. I'm a big fan of both of them. I got a little bit confused. Yeah, Liam, everyone else is listening. 
Robbie's had a man man crush on Darrell Wright for about the last 15 years. Probably a bigger crush than he has on Eddie House. Yeah, I don't blame him for getting that wrong, man. Yeah. I don't blame him for getting Darrell, that wrong. Two Darrell Wright jerseys in the cupboard. Yeah. Really? So this Played is Darrell Miami, Wright. started from... off with them. Yes. Was a fantasy tease. Year after year, I yep. kind of, from time yep. to time, you'd throw for Darrell Wright in your team and you'd be like, He's just got he's got a game that has a high fantasy ceiling that I just felt like he never quite reached. He did, absolutely. He seemed to fade out a bit quick. I know he sort of finished off with Golden State. I think he may have even gone to Toronto, maybe or he something. Did. But yeah, he sort of faded out pretty quick there. So look, they're pretty unusual names. So you'll let me off on that one with the with the Delon and the Darrell Wright stuff there, I guess. So all right, good stuff. I tell you, so the, for the fact Sorry, Rob, I was going to say, the, if you, the fact, yeah. I didn't know, the, you should let me know the fact checking was going to happen because I might have been a bit more careful. I had the fact checking after this episode with all the things I would have got incorrect early doors will be a long list next week. Well, Liam, just to let you know, I'm going to be replaying it with a red pen and a pad of paper <laughs> later tonight. So any mistakes, I'll be recording them. <laughs> no, no, I won't do Take that. Take it easy on me. <laughs> all right look i really just wanted to thank everyone for tuning in this week um just a reminder to please subscribe to us on youtube if you haven't done so already and obviously you know feel free to check out that podcast where wherever you know you find your podcasts um also just in terms of where you sort of can get in touch with us there um our twitter handle is at throwbacks hoops see you down there man yeah that's if you're right. watching down there yeah. um our instagram is throwback.hoops uh, and of course, our email is throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. So we have been getting some good viewer questions. We are going to be doing a bit of a viewer mailbag just sort of over the Christmas sort of break there. So if anyone... Hey, hey to- dog, hey, dog. Mm. I've got to say something to you, man. Last week, you said you weren't going to let it out the back, right? Who's the special guest we got coming on in a few weeks? But come on, man. All right. I told you. I said give, three times. Give the, pe- give the people what they want, man. Tell them who it's going to be. All right. Let's just say, no, I'm going to give you more clues. I'm not going to say the name. One of the greatest names in Australian women's basketball, three-time Olympian. Um, That's all I'm going to say at this stage. I man. You just have to keep keep watching to find out who that is. It does. (laughs) All right, what about Woody? I know you're sort of heavily on the TikTok stuff. Where can we find you on there? Yeah, I mean, for the younger listeners, man, you know, we showcase the jerseys on the show and whatnot, so... Woody underscore V83. Wait till the end of this episode. You'll see my uh, TikTok handle. You know, we're trying to cater for the younger generation as well. Jump on my TikTok. We tell some stories about the jerseys we're wearing and whatnot. And uh, um, thanks for all your support. Yeah. Appreciate that, Wood. So, all right. So, again, Liam, just wanted to really thank you. We always ask all our guests, and look, you can say no if you don't, but just wanted to see if you enjoyed your time on the show. And, um, yeah, obviously just sort of give yourself a bit of a, a plug where people can find you as well. No, man, it was a blast. I had a great time chatting with you, fellas. You got to keep up the great work. This is this is a good show and um, love that you're putting it out there and appreciate you having me on. And um, I enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed it. Walk just strolling back memory lane a little bit on, on my time with the Titans and opening the pack. It was a good time. Um, where can you catch me? You said it off the top, NBL Overtime, uh, the Huddle Podcast, got a new episode out with Ryan Brockoff, just diving deep on on what he's been experiencing over recent times and his journey back to the NBL yep. this season. Um, and, yeah, across the games, across across the uh, the weekend. Um, and, yeah, you can hit me on Twitter at Liam underscore Santa. 
That's awesome. Really appreciate it. And look, we'd love to have you back at another time there, Liam. We've definitely got a lot more questions we want to sort of cover about that, you know, the season with Victoria there. And obviously, yeah, lots of things that, you know, we'd love to sort of speak with you again. But no, I just really wanted to sort of thank you guys again. Um, yeah, I guess just on behalf of um, the Throwback Hoops crew, thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, and look, before we go, I should mention to the, the audience as well, we are in the same fantasy comp, the three of us. Um, I can see already Liam's team's about 300 points ahead of me. So that was probably... <laughs> A bit of a mistake inviting him into the comp there but yeah looking forward to sort of see how we go this season with the fantasy stuff as well right fellas it makes the game a little bit more interesting doesn't it it does it does For sure get your yeah. trades right rob you'll be right you'll bounce back yeah true true i had a few people yeah. who didn't play i had wetzel in the starting lineup so i didn't get any points from him but no nah, I'll, I'll fire back this week as well i'm gonna oh, find man. some money for vic law as well oh get vic law in your team man mvp dog MVP. Yeah. you had wetzel right? yeah. what do you mean under a rock <laughs> Yeah, I know. What's I doing? Eh? Yeah. I don't yeah, have a lot of like you do, you know, but like, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Good stuff, yeah. boys. All right. One love from Throwback Hoops, and we can't wait to see you all again soon. Peace TBH out. TBH in the house. TBH in the house. <laughs>